Welcome to the Leadership Update Brief. Today's entrepreneurs and business leaders face change and transition as a constant part of daily life. Inspired by stories of today's military veterans and service members, we embark on a journey to explore their transformations and equip ourselves with new ideas and motivation towards mastering the challenge of working with dynamic and changing environments. Here's the host of the Leadership Update Brief and the guide to your journey, Ed Brixie. Hello, and welcome to the Leadership Update Brief on C-Suite Radio. I'm Ed Brixie, and today is our first mail call episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. There's something incredibly special about leadership because leaders have the capacity to create more and future leaders. This isn't perpetual motion. This is not breaking the laws of physics, but this is an innate gift that leaders have is this ability to create more because great leaders do this in any number of ways, but they provide that inspiration for people to follow. They provide that inspiration for people to emulate them when they reach that level. This is the great gift and this is the great power behind leadership. This is also why it's so important to organizations because in business today, things change because in business today, we're in dynamic environments because in business today, competitive advantage is fleeting with every new disruption, but strong leadership is the only sustainable competitive advantage that a business can have. Leaders provide that facilitation towards bringing their teams to that next level. They provide that agility. They provide the insights. They provide what the team needs and requires in order to actually get to where they need to go. Plus, they also provide that purpose and the vision. They provide the why. Leaders provide that purpose and vision. This is part number one. This is the bottom line to leadership. This is what they do. We're going there. Here's how we are going to do it. Because normally, we all have some vague idea on what we need to do, how do we get there, but the problem becomes how do we do it well. Sometimes we don't have any idea on where we want to go, just that we want to go somewhere. So how do we craft that a little more effectively? How do we find that way? How do we create that vision? That's leadership. There's any number of sources. We had a great podcast a little while ago with Josh Spodek and his book. That's the entire purpose of it. It's to provide that very beginning, that very foundational piece to leadership because you have to understand why you're doing what you do. If you can't say that, then what's the point? The second part is that coaching and that mentorship. These are two separate things, and we'll talk about that in a, here in a few minutes. But this is what how leaders provide that incentive to build more leaders by being that good coach, by sound by creating that atmosphere, by mentoring others, by passing along that those skills, the knowledge, the ideas, the inspiration. That's how you build future leaders. And this isn't a one-size-fits-all. This is a very personal thing. This is a very situationally dependent thing. Leadership, there's no silver bullet. It's an interpersonal skill. It's a soft skill. It's something that we all develop and hone over a lifetime of learning. So in that spirit, this week, 
we're opening up some frequently asked questions about leadership, providing some of our insights, ideas, and best answers around some of the questions that we see on a regular basis and some other questions that we were specifically asked. Our mail call line is mailcall at leadershipupdatebrief.com. This is our first mail call episode, so we will be right back with some of our answers for some of the most pressing questions that we found on leadership. You're listening to the Leadership Update Brief on C-Suite Radio. Welcome back to our mail call episode. We're here answering questions from you. We're here answering some of the questions that we've been posed and some of the ideas that we've been asked regarding leadership, create entrepreneurship, and what happens and how do we create it and make it happen. One of the most frequent questions that I get asked is, what are strong leadership skills? How are they displayed? How do you see these come about? Here's the secret, guys. Leadership is not a skill. It's a skill set. Great leaders are chameleons. Great leaders know which skills to pull out of the toolbox for what situation and with who. Everybody's going to be a little bit different. Everyone's going to need a little different approach. Every situation's going to need a little slightly different tack. But there's one thing that links all of these together. There's one idea where all these skills come into play is it has to be real. Leadership has to come from the heart. Leadership has to come from that place within that's true to ourselves. It has to be authentic. Leaders can't wear masks. Leaders can't find themselves in difficult situations and hem and haw and try to pass the buck. They have to be real. They have to be themselves and they have to be open towards displaying those skills in new and different ways and tailoring them for all the different people they meet, for all the different people they work with, for the situation they find themselves in, for the goals that they have. And they have to be constantly learning and refining them. So there's no strong leadership skill. There's a lot of them. But there is a skill in being authentic, which leads to another question. How do you be authentic? Authenticity is confidence. How does one become more confident? I've been asked that before too. This is a tough question because that's how good we feel in whatever situation we're in. Our confidence is the resonance that's around us. That is that strength of that we feel when we're ready to move forward on something. And being authentic can be one of the scariest things that we could ever do. So all of a sudden, that confidence plays a big part into our being authentic. Well, we're confident about things we know. We're confident about things that we feel assured about. We're confident with things that we feel comfortable with. Situations where we feel that we have a little bit of control or that we have a little bit of say. Confidence is never a fake it till you make it. But confidence is one of those things that the more you know, the more comfortable you become with your knowledge set, the more able you are to identify those gaps and at least some measures to start filling them, that's where that confidence comes from. It's the strength of assurance in your own knowledge, in your own ability to handle whatever's in front of you. And it's your comfort level with being able to say, I don't know this, but we need to find that out. And here's where we can start looking. That's how you build confidence. Confidence is how you build authenticity. Authenticity is how you display great leadership skills. So in building skills, they always say, or there are some people out there that like to say, oh, you have to fail fast. Why is that such a good thing? It's not. I'm sorry. I don't like that saying. There's no secret to failing fast. There's no idea, best practice towards, hey, we just need to get this all wrong so we can get it right next time. No, no. Failure 
only ever happens when you quit, when you finally throw up your hands and you leave. As long as you're continuing to try, you're continuing to learn, you're continuing to adopt, adapt, then you're doing well. You're growing, you're learning, but you're not failing. As long as you're continuing to try, as you're, long as you're continuing to press forward and learn and adapt and change. It's not about trying the same thing over again in the same exact manner, in the same exact situation. That's the definition of insanity. You're going to get the same result. But tweak a little bit here, tweak a little bit there, change one thing, look at another. Learn, grow, adapt, change. That's the secret to failing fast. It's you're not as you take that word fail out of it and you realize you're just growing quickly. Because that answers another question is what makes a great entrepreneur? The ability to learn and grow. Because entrepreneurship, there's no learning curve to entrepreneurship. It's you're discovering something new every single day. You're finding another fire that you've got to put out or something else that you have to learn or someone something else that you need to grow. I've been in my business for almost three years now, and I still feel like I know nothing, but I still continue to learn, adapt, grow, and change, and figure out what I've got to do in order to become more successful. That's what makes entrepreneurship great. That's what makes it fun. Every day I learn something new. There's nothing more rewarding than that, especially when it works. So being able to learn, being able to grow, being able to adapt, that's what creates solid entrepreneurship. That's what creates solid business practices. Because like I said earlier, you we are in a very dynamic world. Things are constantly changing. And if we're not ahead of the curve, we're way behind and we're losing fast. Then we do run the risk of failure because I once heard an angel investor say this, and I still very much believe it, the object of Every entrepreneurial venture, the object objective of every startup, figure it out and start getting revenue before you run out of money. That's your clock. So you do have that. You only have finite resources. If you waste them all, then you're done. Then you really, then you have no choice but to throw your hands up unless you can find another way. So in building this and practicing this, how do we build these skills? How do we build good leadership skills? Practice, experience. This is what makes it so difficult when people become promoted. Oh, you're good at your job. Now you're overseeing the team that's doing the job that you used to. How well prepared are you for that situation? How much practice have you had assigning tasks? How much practice have you had disciplining people when those tasks don't happen? How much practice have you had providing the right amount of praise when they are successful? Leadership, like any other skill, requires practice. 10,000 hours, that's been disproven. It's a nice saying, no, because it takes time. It takes energy. It takes practice. It takes refinement. It takes learning. It takes growing. That's how you build leadership skills. You have to have somebody to bounce ideas off of. So if you want to build leadership skills, the number one way to do that, find a coach, find a mentor, ask lots of questions, put yourself in that space where you're willing and able to ask those tough questions and be able to get a candid response. Not just, I don't know, you're kind of up the creek without a paddle on that one. That's never a good one. A great coach, a great mentor, they are incredibly, 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 incredibly important to have when you're building your leadership skills because they're personal, because you're going to deal with different situations and you need that extra pair of eyes in order to be able to assess that situation and figure out what's the appropriate tool to use here. Someone is chronically showing up late to work. Why? 
Is it because that their child's in daycare and they're having a tough time managing their time in the morning? Is it because they have a sick family member? Is it just because they forget to set their damn alarm clock? But you've got to be able to ask the right questions in order to get down to that, to figure out, to help them craft a better plan in order to emphasize the importance of being punctual. Just one of those little situations. But how do you craft those conversations the first time you have them? It's incredibly, incredibly different. It's incredibly different than any other skill most people have ever done before in just simple job tasks. Because people ask too sometimes, what's the difference between a mentor and a coach? A mentor is more informal. It's someone who's taking you under their wing, who's there to answer questions, who you can bounce ideas off of, and who's somebody who's been there, done that. Somebody who's in the role that you wish to go up to, and they're willing to help you get up to that point. Coaching becomes more formal, becomes a little more ascribed. It becomes a little more rigorous because you ask questions to a mentor and you receive feedback. A good coach asks you questions and gets you thinking of solutions. It's helping prepare you for the next level. It's coaching you through difficult things. It's giving you little exercises and trainings that you can do in order to be more effective with certain skills or certain situations. Both of these things are incredibly important to have. If you have both of them, you're set. If you have to choose one or the other, mentors are usually easier to find. There's any number of networks out there. There's any number of ways to search. Hop on LinkedIn, find somebody who has the job you want, shoot them an email, especially if they're an alumni from the same school or something, or there's a solid connection in there somewhere. Because we have to remember, workplaces are human. Was asked, how do we build a more human workplace? In the age of automation, in the age of data, how do we bring humanity back into the working world? It starts with respect, but it has to flow in all ways. It's not about anybody fighting for any rights without addressing accompanying responsibilities. It's not about anybody addressing problems without offering solutions. It's about good, solid communications. It's about understanding that we have different viewpoints and incorporating them in, taking a holistic view on things, not being single-minded or obstinate. This is how we build that human workplace. This is how we collaborate a little bit better. It just starts with communication. Respect is a very funny thing. Sometimes the best way to start getting respect is to start giving it. Because there's no such thing as respect the position, but not the man. Because you respect people. If you respect the position, you're just going to give it lip service. And that's not respectful. So building that human workplace, that's incredibly, incredibly important. Because this is the culture. And culture in business, culture is everything. Because this is how the people in your organization integrate and work with one another. If you don't have a strong culture, if you have a culture that emphasizes individualism or everybody for themselves or some, or going out just for the glory, how effective is that team going to be if everybody thinks that they're all alone? None of us can do these things on our own. We all require other people to do our do their jobs. So having that strong culture that links people together, that doesn't create interdependencies, but creates collaboration is incredibly, incredibly important. And that's how culture is used to strengthen that implementation of any strategy. Because the implementation of any strategy is entirely dependent on what the culture of that organization is. And is that implementation in alignment with the culture? Or do we have to change something on the cultural side in order to make that implementation? Or what the easier solution might be, we might have to change some of that strategic idea. But culture is everything in organizations. Because how people interact determines success or failure for whatever projects. 
And if you're not incentivizing people to act in the best ways, if you're not setting the solid examples for people to follow, that implementation is never going to happen. Humility is an important piece of this. Was asked, how can we build or why is humility important for leaders? How do we build more leaders with a stronger sense of humility? It's simple. It's knowledge. And it's recognizing that we don't know everything. In fact, we know precious little about anything. It's only by working together that we're truly successful. Solo ventures are never solo. I have an article on LinkedIn from a while back. Solopreneurship is the biggest oxymoron since we used to say military intelligence is an oxymoron. Well, solopreneurship is a bigger one because any solo venture is doomed to failure. Business is too complicated. Any project that just one person is in charge of and running within an organization and solely responsible for is going to fall flat. could go back and quote the iPencil essay back from the 1950s. Uh, lamenting on how not a single person alive knew how to construct a pencil because between felling the timber, creating the lacquer, casting the brass, vulcanizing the rubber into an eraser, putting and then putting all of that together, not to mention how to build the graphite, nobody knows how to do anything entirely anymore. We need each other. We need other people around us. We need experts in their fields to help us get to where we want to go. And for leaders recognizing that fact, that's how you build humility. It's in being able to acknowledge that, yes, this gap exists in my knowledge and I need you to help me fill it. Maybe not by teaching me, but by just by doing your job and doing your role and performing so that all of us can be successful. This is how we build that humility. This is how we build that more human workforce. And this is how we build that strong culture to give us successful implementations for whatever it is that we're trying to go out there and do. One of the more interesting questions I've seen is what is the unspoken price of leadership? This is a hard one. Is it lonely at the top? No, most CEOs I know have their own networks and their own groups and their CEO friends. But are you alone when it comes time to make a decision? Absolutely. Is it a little lonely? Yeah. Is it tough? Yeah, This is, absolutely. But the true cost of leadership is A, responsibility. The buck stops here. Great leaders know that, they acknowledge it, and they own it. They take responsibility, they own their space, and they live with the stress that comes with it. Great leaders are great at self-care because it can be incredibly stressful because balancing all these different needs, taking the insights and the action from all these different stakeholders, incredibly, incredibly difficult. It's about taking the hits. If things don't go well, is it your team's fault or is it your fault as a leader? Nine times out of 10, it's your fault. Acknowledge that, own it, take it, learn from it, grow, and make sure it doesn't happen again. That's the unspoken price. It's, leader, it's responsibility. Leaders own their space. Leaders are in the sole control. They're the sole decision makers. And they have everything that comes along with that. And they're willing to share the credit. And they're usually willing... And they're almost always willing or to say, my team accomplished this. But when things go wrong, that's when it becomes the I. And they own that failure and they learn from it. And they make sure that their team, that the next time they facilitate their team, they're able to move forward in new directions and taking those hard-earned lessons and making sure that they get applied so that our next one is successful. Last question was, 
what was your first leadership experience and how did it change your life? I was in the military for a very long time and the military teaches leadership right from the get-go. And I remember being a young specialist and there was a grass cutting detail and I was put in charge of the grass cutting detail. A couple younger privates than me who'd been in the military for less time. So I was in charge. We had to mow the grass on the company area in the PT field, quick, easy peasy kind of job. You know, I just looked at it, I grabbed the lawnmower and I knocked it out myself. And that was the wrong thing to do because those privates didn't learn anything. They didn't do anything. They were sitting around watching me mow the grass because I was done with it in 20, 15, 20 minutes and we were good to go. And I knew that was the easiest, fastest, best way to do it, or so I thought. thing I missed about that and what I've learned, this wasn't busy work. This was the leadership's chance to see me in action. See, I'm a young specialist. I'm looking to try to start get earning my stripes. I'm looking to try to start moving up in my career. You don't move up by taking it all on yourself. You take these little times, you take these little tasks, and you show, okay, here's how we do it. Take the time. If they don't know how to use the lawnmower, show them how to use the lawnmower. If they need gas, you go and get gas. But that's how the military teaches leadership right from the start. Long before you're ever put in charge of a team, you're just running these little details here and there. And your NCOs are watching you. And when I became an NCO, that's what I did with my soldiers. Go knock out whatever you got to do in the motor pool. Go mow the grass. Go do this. Go do that. Oversee these guys here. Because it's a test. Because you want to see how they're going to perform. You want to see how they're going to do it. It's not just busy work, but this is the chance to shine. This is the chance to learn, the chance to grow. Because if you don't succeed at these little responsibilities, how are we going to give you a major one down the line? So for first leadership experiences, the earlier you start, the better. And start small. Put somebody in charge of something. Make it minor. See how they do. If you're thinking about promoting them, and you want to move them into a higher role where they're going to be overseeing people, you want to know how they're going to do in that role. And you're doing yourself and you're doing them and you're doing their team a disservice if you just simply put them there. Find a way for them to show off. Find a way for them to, to test them. Find a way to give them some of these early starts and early lessons that they can learn and grow from right from the beginning. So that when they do find themselves in that responsible position, then they're able to better fill that role because they've already made the mistakes. The greatest lesson here that I've found is there's only one stupid question in the world, and that's the one that's not asked. Now, there's some just dumb questions. You can listen to any stand-up comic or you know, former high school teacher who's about some of the just inane questions that they get asked, but they're not stupid questions. Because if you can't ask a question and you're just sitting on something you don't know and you're not even sure what that is, that's when you're going to fail. That's when you're going to get blindsided. That's when you're going to fall short. So leadership, like any other skill sets, it is this lifelong learning process. It's a journey. It's one where we know, one where we know where we'd like to wind up. We have some ideas and some aspirations of what we want to do, but we rarely find ourselves there. Because as soon as we start taking steps on this journey, as soon as we start asking those good questions, as soon as we start exploring new ideas... We learn all kinds of new things, and this changes and we grow. So as leaders, be adaptable, learn, and grow. Don't let the little things stop you. Just find new ways around them. Find the resource to help you out. Be able to identify your gaps. And remember, you're never alone. Find that mentor. Find that coach. Find the person you can bounce ideas, bounce questions off of. Because leadership lessons, they come in all shapes and sizes. It's up to us to learn how we want to to learn them. And all of us learn a little bit differently. Find a good article or a book. 
find a good if you learn better audibly find a good audio book or find a good podcast but especially find a good mentor somebody to work with and discover new insights around your ideas and someone you can bounce your concerns and problems around somebody who can get you thinking in new and different directions Thank you all for listening. I welcome your comments. You can find me on social media, both Twitter and Facebook at MGMT. Be sure these mail call episodes are going to become a regular thing. So submit some more of your questions that you'd like to have answered in our next mail call episode to mailcall at leadershipupdatebrief.com. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, your favorite podcast service. And as always, we're available on C-Suite Radio at c-suitenetwork.com. Thanks again. I look forward to continuing our journey soon. We've got some great interviews coming up in the next couple episodes. Have an amazing day. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. As a loyal fan of the C-Suite Radio show, I've got an incredible offer for you. Listeners to this podcast get 50% off a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. You will have access to top-notch benefits and networking, all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited offer today. Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com com slash csr this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com